2: Number three, what Paul is saying is, where these gifts are gonna operate is in the church. So number three, practice love in the church. Christians are to show real love to one another. That word devoted means loyalty, affection, family members, kind of a family deal, just as we talked about earlier. What happens in our families? What do we allow for? Well, we allow for weaknesses and imperfections. Why? Because we're humans.
0: People outside the church and some people inside it complain of the lack of love shown toward people who fall short. While the church isn't supposed to be accepting of sinful lifestyles, many times Christ followers are not as forgiving of lapses as they should be. As Pastor Mark will be teaching today, this is an area that all Christ followers can improve in. You'll hear the scriptures' instructions in this area, which will help build unity, allow for better expressions of the gifts God's given his people. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues this series, Motivational Gifts.
2: Now what happened later? We know from 2 Corinthians, the man eventually repents, asks to be reinstituted into the church, and the church now is wrong again. They're going, nah, we didn't care for you. You're finally out of here. They wouldn't do it the first time. But now that he's out, they don't want him back. Paul says, whoa, 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 whoa. He's repented. Welcome him back in. So you hate what is evil, and you cling to what is, what is good. That's what the church is about, guys. We're not blind to evil, but we're going to focus on what's good. Remember, we did this. You'll remember it immediately. Am I right? What was that? A sin? A sin sniffer. Now, some of you that are prophets, that's kind of like your part-time job. Yeah. And the mercy person wants to blow your nose for you, really, spiritually. (laughs) That's what happens. Notice, if a church is a sin sniffer, there's no big building. There's no joy. But also, if a church doesn't address sin, there may be lots of people, but there's no real spiritual growth. Because sin has to be addressed. So, a truly loving person doesn't ignore even their own sin, not just somebody else's. In fact, real love involves being able to do this, address my own life and go, whoa, there's an area here that isn't very pretty. Remember David? You know the story well. David should have been off to war, but he wasn't, and he was on the balcony one night, and he saw Bathsheba bathing, and through all of his power and whatever, he got her up to his palace, committed adultery with her. She had a child. You know, those story, killed her husband, murdered her husband, had Joab do it, all those kind of things. And then just pretended nothing was wrong. For one year, this is a man who has a heart after God. And one day, Nathan went to him. God said to Nathan, you've got to go deal with this sin. You got to hate evil. Nathan went to him. Finally, he confessed. And when he confessed, you remember what he wrote? David said this Against you and you only, God, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So Nathan was able to speak the truth in love. He didn't ignore the sin. put his life on the line. He was a prophet, God's prophet. Real love is not blind. And then he was able, David, to what? To be restored and to be useful again. Maybe you're here then. you're living in sin. Nobody really knows it, but you know it. And you've been making excuses for it. If you read the scripture, David was miserable for a year. Aren't we crazy? We just hide and go like everything's fine and we're miserable. What are we, crazy? We're crazy. We're just blinded to the truth. So if you're here, maybe there's an area in your life, you just come and say, God, I need help. I need to confess this to you and get my life right. So David, when he did it, he was useful. If you or I don't deal with our sin, God will put us on a shelf. And once he puts you on the shelf, sometimes it's a long time before he can use you again because he can't trust you. So understand, we need to hate evil and focus on the good. Balance only comes from God. You notice every week I don't teach on sin. But then you'll watch some television programs and they never teach on sin. There's no balance there. Hate, evil, focus on the good. Okay. Number three, look at verse 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Number three, what Paul is saying is, where these gifts are going to operate is in the church. So number three, practice love in the church. Christians are to show real love to one another. That word devoted means loyalty, affection, family members, kind of a family deal, just as we talked about earlier. What happens in our families? What do we allow for? Well, we allow for weaknesses and imperfections. Why? Because we're humans. When you get married, you discover amazingly that in some ways love was blind, wasn't it? All of a sudden, this person you married isn't exactly the same whatever that you thought, and vice versa. And so we have to kind of allow for weaknesses, imperfections, and we affirm people, we make a commitment, we're loyal, we just move along. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Let's show how that worked. You see, Paul says when you have these gifts, God gave us these gifts, really these gifts to operate in the church. This whole chapter... 12 is so powerful, it's like concentrated stuff. I mean, it's just oozing with application. In Acts chapter 2, scoot down down to 42, this is the success of the early church. We've studied it many times. Let's just talk about it in a neat way. Verse 42, they devoted. There it is again. Paul says in Romans 12, 10, be devoted. There's that word again. They devoted themselves. Now, where would Paul get that word from? (laughs) Because he knew that's what happened in the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions of good, they gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together. See, they just they just loved each other. There's this love oozing all over the place. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts, they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God And enjoying the favor of all the people. That right there is a magnet. The early church was a magnet. People wanted to get part of it. Why? Because the love. They were just the the success. They were filled with the Spirit. The believers were together. They were united. They were in oneness. There was unity. They were genuinely loving each other. Good stuff was happening. Look at the end of it. And the Lord added... To their number daily, those who were being saved. Why? Because he loved to plug people in to a place where he knew they would be loved. Can you imagine you have two orphanages? Both of them look good from the outside. The kind of the reputation of a orphanage is that they're clean, they're very organized, The kids are spotless. They're fed three times a day, all this jazz. But there's not much affection in that orphanage. Orphanage B. Clean. Maybe not totally spotless. But there's love and laughter. And there's fun at the end of the day. Which orphanage would you choose? B. If you had to send someone to an orphanage... Or if you wanted a child from an orphanage, where would you get them? What does God do? He says, I want a place where people are loving each other. You know this. If you've been a Christian a while, those of you that aren't Christians, you won't understand this, but maybe you will. You could walk into a church. If there's disunity, you can smell it in the spirit. Do you know what I mean? Something wrong here. If you watch teams, sport teams, you could see that same thing. They might have the greatest players in the world, but if they're not unified, it doesn't happen. There's no joy. So, congratulations again, because we're not perfect here, but we're working on being like the early church. And as we expand, see what we want to expand is the same thing. We want to reproduce this love for people. We're going up there to reach out to these people. Now, Why are most people added to a church today? Are they added to the church because the theological things are all explained? No. They're added to the church because there's a spirit of unity of love. When they get in, they go, wow, these people love God and they love one another. Why do people stay away from the church? Exactly the opposite. People say they love God, but they're hypocrites and they can't get along together. People don't want to be there. How many people are outside this? You'd be shocked in just Brevard County. Can you imagine if every person that had been hurt in a church, for whatever reason, they gave it over to God on Friday and found a church that teaches the Word of God this weekend and brought their family to Can you imagine what we'd look like around here? We'd have to add services immediately. That's how many people, the joy of God has been stolen from them because they've been hurt in a church where there was bitterness and love wasn't flowing over and over and over again. You know people that are not in church right now because of that. You know people and pray for them. The devil's stolen what God meant for good. Now, As you see this, here's a sentence I want you to write. When we practice loving one another, it becomes this attraction point or this magnet to the unsaved. As you exercise your gift in love, we effectively reproduce this DNA that God has put here all over Brevard County. And when we set up these other campuses, we're not doing it. Because like we're trying to reproduce us, we're trying to reproduce the love, the love of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, honor one another above yourselves. Number four, I have to honor or respect one another. Now, how does that work out? Well, Paul just did it. Here's Mr. Potato Head. You know him. As you look at this guy, just start taking things out. Let's take a look at this list. We'll have a list up here for you of all the the gifts. Let's remind us as we went through that, what the the prophet is, what the server is, all of those things, so it'll make some sense to you. The prophet's the eye. Just take the eyes out. He can do really well, right? No, he can't do well. He can't see. The hands. Put the eyes back in. If I can get it right, I'll take them a lot at a time. Put the eyes back in. No arms. So you've got people that can see. The, I can see the need. Nobody to do the need. Nobody did anything. So we don't have time, but you can go through the whole thing tonight and just see how that, how that flows and how that works. That's why God made us a body. And what he says is, you have to honor that person because they have a gift you don't have. And I made it that way so you couldn't promote yourself. That's why we're a body. Understand that. As you look at that list, the prophets, the eye, the servers, the hands, the teachers, the mind, the exhorters, the mouth, the giver, of the arms, the leaders, the head, mercy is the heart. You take all of those and there are no superstars. They're just equal servants. Some of us have a little mixture of more than one gift, but none of us in this room can do life alone. God did that for a purpose. That means that when I'm faced with that again... It leads me to respect you. Doesn't matter what gift. It leads me to respect you. I kind of joked with Gary, who heads up our parking ministry. He was out there. All of you guys that work out there and gals, terrific. Let's do that for him. More terrific when it gets to be 114 degrees sitting out there, right? I said to him, Gary, basically, I know God isn't going to call you to Vieira where there's one service And a hundred cars. He's going to need you here. I just joke with him. Because where do I want him? I want him right here. I remember on Easter weekend or whatever, I came to get the parking lot ready myself. Just walked through and cleaned up stuff because I was just praying and meditating. And he was here hours before by himself. Just getting things ready. You guys have never seen it. You don't know when he's here. And other people do that all day long around this building. All kinds of places. The seat. One is just as important as another. We all need each other. And so we're to honor one another. And as I do that, then I'm not going to be prideful. How could I be prideful? I'm limited. You're limited. I can't serve God with a gift that God didn't give me. Don't try to do it. It's very frustrating. I can only serve God with the gift that He gives me. So just humbly serve God with your gift. Be fruitful with it. Let me give you this little illustration. Six blind people went to see an elephant. One felt the side and said the elephant was like a wall. The next felt the tusk and claimed it was like a spear. The third blind person felt the trunk and likened it to a snake. The fourth blind person felt the leg and said, Feels like a tree to me. The fifth touched an ear and declared that the elephant was like a fan. The sixth blind person felt the tail and insisted that the elephant was like a rope. No one altogether was right, but not entirely wrong. It was only when they got all their observations together that they really saw the whole elephant. Write this next statement down. This is very important. With my gift, I think I can see everything perfect. I got got an understanding of how things need to go, and I can, oh man, I can do it all. That's not true. I don't. I need other people. So we're all interdependent. Every single one of us in this room. We're interdependent. All of you have one of those seven gifts, a mixture. And I'm dependent on you and you're dependent on me. And all of us are 100% dependent on God. If God doesn't supply the love, which is agape love, we don't function. You can be as gifted as you want. It just doesn't function. So I'm interdependent with you. I'm totally dependent on God. If you take a look at that verse 10 again, let me read it and see if this sounds funky to you. Be devoted to yourself. Honor yourself. That sounds a little poor, doesn't it? Sounds terrible, actually. So God didn't say that. He doesn't say, be devoted to yourself. Sometimes in the morning, the guys and the gals in front of the mirror, we're kind of like devoted to ourself. Big magnifying mirror, get every little thing right or whatever. I'm not going to go any farther there, that's good. <laughs> so notice it doesn't say that, it doesn't say be devoted to yourself, it says be devoted to one another. Let me just throw up some one another's. I'll just say them to you, and then we're going to move right through. These are commands from God. Love one another. Receive one another. Greet one another. Submit to one another. Have the same care for one another. Forbear one another. Confess to one another. Forgive one another. Do not judge one another. Do not speak evil of another one. Do not murmur against one another. Do not bite or devour one another. Do not provoke one another. Do not envy one another. And certainly do not lie to one another. Notice We learned this early on in the study. Let me give you to the New Living Translation, Romans chapter 12. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of his one body, and each of us has a different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. Like we're family here. And each of us needs all the others. Guys, we're family. You guys are hanging. I saw some of you hanging in them nice chairs on that second store up there. Good job. We're a family. We hang here. That's the magnet that draws people because God puts that love in us for him and for you. Now, where does that really happen? Well, number one, we celebrate weekly. Weekend services and Wednesday night. We celebrate together. But guys, if you're not in some kind of a small group, get yourself in a small group. Small groups help us grow, be real, and live successful lives. See, in a small group, you have a hard time faking your love. Because eventually people get to know you. And notice, you say, I don't know where to operate my gift. Sometimes it's a little hard, it could be overwhelming here. It's not difficult in a small group. So join you one of these men studies, or the ladies studies, or the couple studies. Get into a home group, small group. Get there. Practice your gift. Let iron sharpen iron. Notice, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You want to be around one another. I heard this yesterday, and I thought it was very good. The friends that we choose are like the buttons on an elevator, They can either take you up or take you down. Ooh, I loved it. So who are you around? The world just tears it down. We have to be around the worldly people. We have to be there. We have to be loving them. But you want to be around where iron sharpens iron. Obviously, that happens in our services. The Lord works in all of us. But get yourself into a small group. That's where this health grows. That's where this love and one another kind of really works. Turn to me one last passage. Matthew chapter 22. You were created by God with two basic needs. This is the only chance you and I have for life. We don't get to go through it again. We don't come back as a Buddhist or whatever and say, well, I can come through this life again and get another shot at it. This is life. It's right now. And the wisdom that we need We need to live here. Tomorrow, I can't worry about tomorrow. Yesterday's gone. Today's the day I live. Make sure that you're not living in the past or in the future. You have to plan. And certainly you can be reflective on the past. But understand today is my shot at it. This is life. This is what it is. Enjoy it. And Jesus said this, verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. There's that love again. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, I was created to be in fellowship with God and in fellowship with you. That's the cross. I was created to be in fellowship with you. I'm to love you. I'm to be devoted to you. to hate what's evil and cling to what's good and and and, and I'm to think about promoting you and loving you and using your gifts and as we look at this incredible body God's given us what a blessing to function together and watch God change not only our lives but the lives all around us don't try to do life alone if you're kind of out there trying to do it alone. Don't do it. He didn't design you to do it alone. Number one, he designed you to do it with him. And number two, he designed to do it with each other.
0: Today, Pastor Mark taught more about the use of the motivational gifts in the body of Christ. You learn the importance of first figuring out which gift God's given to you, then accepting this gift since it's from God, and not being jealous of someone else's gift. He taught about using the gift in God's love, letting others make use of their motivational gift. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings to a close the first part of Pastor Mark's teaching on how to use your motivational gift. Next time, he'll begin the second half of this teaching. You'll learn more about the right time and place to exercise your gift and recalling some of the tips he's been teaching. You'll be reminded about keeping the focus on God and the fact that these gifts come from Him, not your skill or ability. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Motivational Gifts. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: Our